Welcome back to Hour 2 of Gun Sports Radio, where your hosts, Dave Stahl, Lance Pelkey, and Michael Schwartz, educate you on anything and everything related to our Second Amendment right. Visit GunSportsRadio.com with your questions and comments, or to learn how to become a sponsor and or guest of the show. Now here comes Hour 2 of Gun Sports Radio, and your hosts, Dave, Lance, and Michael. All right, folks, welcome. This is FM 96.1 AM 1170, The Answer. Hey, this hour is sponsored by our good friends at Cali Key. I'm telling you, they are awesome. Drop in a Cali Key into your any of your AR-15s or 10s to instantly make it California compliant. For more information, check out Cali Key at CaliKey.com. That's K-A-L-I-K-E-Y.com. Hey, at any given moment, situations of self-defense and emergencies can happen to anyone. And unfortunately, the justice system may not be on your side. While you protect your family and property, U.S. Law Shield is here to defend you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, and 365 days a year with the most comprehensive self-defense coverage at an affordable price. Bad guys don't take days off, and neither does our coverage. What's your plan after you defend yourself or your family? Consider a plan from U.S. Law Shield. Check them out today at www.uslawshield.com. That's www.uslawshield.com. And make sure you tell them you heard it right here on Gun Sports Radio. All right. Hey, this segment is brought to you by the San Diego County Gun Owners. Go to www.sdcgo.org. Join up. Help the fight. The more people get together, we're better as a unit than we are individually. And we've got Joe Germisi, the blogger, on. What's your uh, topic uh, this week, my friend? Well, you know, uh, we mentioned last week that I, I learned a valuable lesson, um, and that being not to talk about things I haven't written about yet. <laughs> right. And uh, so I didn't want to make that mistake, because this week is one of the kind of rare weeks that I didn't write something, because um, Sam the uh, Gunman wrote a nice uh, article really? about his uh, trip to D.C. to the Second Amendment rally. So we featured that article here in the past week. So I didn't really write one. So I was thinking about, okay, what to talk about. And, um, you know, I caught up on a lot of my reloading this weekend and because uh, I'd kind of fallen behind. You and, load uh, your own? Yeah, I do because I shoot so much that, you know, it's funny because you'll hear uh, like when we have these incidents and things and they'll they'll arrest somebody or something and the, the news will always say that they had a, what, a stockpile is what they call it. Yeah, right? so, oh, yeah. Right? yeah ammunition. Yeah. And like I was getting dangerously low down around 1,900 rounds. Oh. And I, I need to get it pumped back up again. You got to, yeah, make <laughs> so, sure you uh, fall into that uh, category. Well, yeah. So I guess I have a stockpile at home, <laughs> but uh, my stockpile was low. So I was, I was reloading. And um, one of the things I do when I reload though is where, that's where I catch up on a lot of my music because I'll be out in my, all by myself out in the garage. I've got the, um, the satellite radio thing on there. And, uh, you know, I'll be listening to little Stevens underground garage or something. And I hear a lot of good songs there and I usually snag them a little bit later, but, um, heard a really good cover of the old Supreme song. Where did our love go by the Jay Giles band? Really? Peter Wolf and magic Dick. Yeah. I'd never heard that before. And it's just, it's great. It's when music was really music Yeah, yeah, and, no uh, kidding. and live makes it better. But um, anyway, I was doing that. So um, I was going to talk about the reloading. And then I started thinking, because now I, you know, I can kind of run free here a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, Michael and I met uh, for lunch the other day. And we met with a member who was um, yeah. proposing that we come up with, um, he had an idea of coming up with some, uh, he was describing it, I think, as continuing education kind of training for the, uh, the CCW stuff. 
because um you know we were michael and i and, and uh you know the gun owners here we do what is it seven or eight of these um at, at least six yes, a month six, usually six more six like these seven a month. or eight yeah and um you know we're encouraging people to get their concealed carry and everything and um and there's a lot to learn with that stuff and you know i went through that process of of learning all of the nuts and bolts and all that and you know i probably i probably read a lot more and look at a lot more things than a lot of people do but um the idea that we should you know offer something else we're encouraging all these people to do this and um i always feel that uh i have kind of a responsibility when i'm giving these workshops to encourage people to do it correctly that's why we always talk about the insurance like uh, u.s law shield and firearms policy uh or firearms what was i want to say thank you thank you um and anyway that's how we always talk about that kind of stuff uh, so it was i think it was a really good idea and we may look into that i think we are going to look into doing something like that yeah you already you already sent a great write-up so the, the continuing education had nothing to do with marksmanship it, no, it was all classroom kind of stuff. All classroom kind of It's basically, okay, you have your CCW. Uh, now, how do you stay out of trouble? How do you do it right? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and even basic things like holsters. Like, we talked a little bit about holsters last week, and mm-hmm. I wrote an article about that. But that was mainly, we were talking about, what, comparing ugly Kydex holsters uh, to nice, really cool leather holsters. But um, even, you know, from a CCW point of view, okay, you get your concealed carry. And unless you've done it before, which I'm assuming most people haven't, it's like, okay, you got to start. All right, I need a holster. Well, what kind of holster? I mean, there's there's inside the waistband holsters. There's outside the waistband holsters. Okay, what's the difference? Um, you know, and all of them have pros and cons, and it just depends. The appendix carry uh, stuff, um, you know, a lot of guys carry that way. Uh, a lot of women carry that way. And uh, with men, you'll see, you know, um, thinner guys like Warren, I think, does that. And, um, you know, I don't. It's, it's you know, probably nobody in this room is going to be doing it. Yeah, not me. <laughs> but, um but no, just uh, just some information on that kind of stuff, the pros and cons of those things, what's good and bad, say, about inside the waistband versus or inside the waistband versus outside. I'm actually a really good example of how, you know, uh, one man's junk is another man's treasure when it comes to to uh, holsters, because, you know, that you guys heard, you've heard of the urban carry. If you have yeah, if yeah. you heard if you haven't heard of the urban carry, it's like this leather. Uh, it's like two pieces of leather sewn together. And then the the holster actually sits on your thigh, goes actually below your waistline. So it's not actually in your waistline. A lot of people just think it's horrible. In fact, John Carrillo, who I respect very much, he trashed it on his on his YouTube channel. Said it was horrible. I love it. I absolutely love it. It works for me perfectly. You have to train with it. You have to break it in. But yeah, is it under your pants? Yeah, yeah. It's inside. Yeah, it's in your pants, and it and it folds over your belt, uh, but it actually sits on your thigh so it drops it down a few inches. drops down a few inches so you have to pull it up pull it way up in order to draw it but yeah and you have to practice with it you have to you have to break it in kind of like a baseball glove you yeah. know you yeah. got it because it's you know but yeah uh, well and everybody's a little different too and it depends on you know the kind of like how you have to be dressed what do you do for work uh like a lot of when i'm when i'm teaching um i'm wearing a sport coat a lot now because uh because I've discovered that if I wear a sport coat, I can get away with jeans and a T-shirt, and I throw the sport coat on there, and it works. Um, but because I could dress like that, an outside-the-waistband holster works very well. Yeah. And uh, now I'm, I'm using the leather ones, and um, aside from being a little more comfortable, the draw is a lot quicker. It's a lot easier than something that's tucked inside my waistband. See, I would think the one that you like would be kind of challenging if you were in a big hurry to get it out. 
you, you have to practice with it. So all the I've if you look on the internet, if you go on YouTube and type in Urban Carry, you're going to pull up about a half a dozen videos where guys get it out of the box, they try it for the first time, and they trash it and they hate it. <laughs> but what you have to do, yeah. you have to. It you took me a month. It. it took me a month to break it in, and really? so. But now, that's all I want. Yeah, and that's true. Have you ever that used stuff. that, Lance? I don't use it. No. Uh, what do you do outside? I carry or? a forty-three uh, in a Kydex holster, semi an ugly, holster, an ugly Kydex holster in my pocket. <laughs> oh, in your pocket? In my pocket. Versus like hanging it on a belt or anything like, like that. Like right now. Interesting. Yeah. Works great. So well, and I think that you it just proves your point, Joe. We've got three different people that have three different ways of carrying a firearm. Yeah, and I think what we were talking about with the continuing <clears throat> education is just introducing the people. Okay, here's some sources. Yeah, uh, you know, this is where idea. you could look. Uh, we were even, we were even talking about the videos, which I think is another great idea. Maybe just a quick eight ten minute video on holsters, sure, or uh, like on belts. That's another thing that you wouldn't necessarily think of. I mean, you could use your normal everyday belt; it'll work. But if you put on a belt that's designed to actually hold and support your gun, it's much different. It's a lot better. But I mean, you know, people would know. Where do you look? Um, what well, do you, you look don't. for? I mean, and uh, yeah, so I think just putting out some information like that. Yeah, so guys like Joe who 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 like sink their teeth into this stuff and and you know make the mistakes first, yeah. you know, for everybody. Get that information out to people. You know, like, yeah. hey, all right, I've had my CCW for a year or two years or whatever. You know, now you know where do I get these the, the resources to you know how do I carry where do I carry that sort of thing. But yeah, Joe changed my life. He told me to buy a better belt. And there's actually, I bought a belt with a steel core in it. So it's got a thin piece of steel running down the center of it. It's a nice thick leather belt and you can't, you can't tell it from anything else, but uh, wow. change, change, change my whole, my, my whole, my whole deal, my whole day. That's awesome. All right. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. Don't worry, folks. We got tons more to talk about. In fact, we got Dwayne McBride on the line, the national sales manager at U.S. Law Shield and former Navy, Navy corpsman. Well, stick around, folks. We got more for you right here on Gun Sports Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks. Welcome back. You're listening to Gun Sports Radio. Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170, The Answer. Hey, for those of us in California, lawful AR ownership is increasingly under attack. California's assault weapon laws make it impossible to legally keep your AR rifle with the features it was born with. What's the solution? It's Cali Key. The Cali Key removes your rifle from the definition of an assault weapon by converting any mil-spec direct impingement AR platform rifle into a straight pull bolt action rifle. It's a true drop-in solution in less than a couple of minutes. You are good to go. No milling, no aesthetic modifications, and no turning off your gas systems either. Keep your entire AR collection intact at a price you can afford with Cali Key. We love those guys. Check out Cali Key at CaliKey.com. That's K-A-L-I-K-E-Y.com. Hey, you want to get a little construction done around your house and done right? From a beautiful kitchen remodel, room addition, or maybe build a whole house. TDT Construction does it all. TDT Construction is a local family-run business that you can trust with your construction needs. Don't overpay. 
Call TDT Construction today at 619-448-2353. That's tdbuildingbuilds.com. That's tdtbuild.com. And they are A-plus rated with the BBB. Hey, are you looking for a private individual uh, CCW training class tailored to you? Well, John Groff has been providing individual CCW training classes for first-timers and people uh, renewing their permits for many years. A retired San Diego County police sheriff, uh, John uh, can arrange a time to fit your schedule and affordable pricing. Look for a calming and caring demeanor, then call John Groff at 619-933-4368. 619-933-4368. That's 619-933-4368. All right, now we've got uh, Dwayne McBride on the line. Yeah. Yep. Dwayne's on the line, and, um, you know, we were talking earlier uh, before the show started about, you know, what to do after the bang and uh, yeah. and that that type of thing. And so uh, we're really fortunate to have Dwayne McBride. Yes, he's a, a former, uh, former Nail, uh, Navy corpsman, uh, but also to the national sales director uh, for U.S. Law Shield. Dwayne, welcome aboard, man. How are you? Hey, good guys! Thanks for having me on. I, I really want to give a shout out to Gun Sports Radio for uh, for having me on tonight. It, it's a privilege. Well, uh, the pleasure's all, all ours oh, at yeah. U.S. Law Shield. You guys do an amazing job with uh, all the education, the education uh, videos, and the workshops you do, and and that type of thing. So, uh, thanks for coming on. Oh, you bet, you bet. And so we were we were talking a little bit, you and I, uh, about uh, what to do after the bang, and and you know how to be prepared and. And, and that kind of stuff after you call the cops and everything. So what do you think? You know, I was listening to the to the show here prior to me coming on, and, uh, you know, a key word was said, you know, and it was trained with what you got, you know. And uh, we, we take so many things into account when we're actually preparing ourselves for a self-defense situation to defend our lives or our loved ones. And one of the things, other than, you know, legal coverage and everything we need that we always tend to think about uh, or I should say tend to forget about is uh, medical training, you know, and that's something that I specialize in. Uh, I've been doing it for U.S. Law Shield for quite a while. Uh, I actually wrote a book for the company, uh, me and a doctor out of Georgia, Dr. Uh, Rick Hemisfar, that's on the board of, uh, of uh, JSOC for TCCC for many years. And uh, it's something that I really enjoy doing. Uh, we go around the, co- uh, the country not only educating people uh, uh, legally, and uh, and how they can protect their rights and their freedom, but also how they can uh, handle the aftermath and uh, handle any medical situations. Because, you know, usually in a confrontation that involves a gunfight, somebody gets shot. So what are you going to do after that, you know? And, and that's what I, I specialize in. And uh, we do a, a, a four-hour course. It's about three uh, hours of education based out of, off the book that we wrote and about an hour to hour and a half of skills. We go around the country and we educate people, our membership, and, and uh, you know, also other folks that want to come to the class. We, we go around the country and we do this because it's all about educating people to be, uh, you know, more educated gun owners, to be safe gun owners, and to also just be prepared for everything that's going to happen when that when those final seconds come down and uh, you actually have to protect yourself for a level and casey i mean i have absolutely to be ready for that and what would you suggest the average person uh, should to carry in their gun bag uh, a tourniquet you know band-aids what are you thinking well actually you know we uh 
we call it a blowout kid on the military side of the house. My okay. background, of course, was a retired military and a contractor as a medic for many, many years. And uh, we, we use what we call a blowout kit, and uh, it, it's just a really simple kit. You can even make one out of an M4 uh, magazine pouch. That's how we did it overseas for many, many years in Iraq and Afghanistan. Okay. But uh, you can also purchase them yourself. But you should have at least uh, two tourniquets in a, in a kit. You should have uh, some type of hemostatic agent to stop a bleed, wound packing material, uh, chest seal, and uh, some additional dressing materials. And that should be enough to sustain life until you can get EMS there and uh, get someone to the hospital. See, what a lot of people don't realize is that when you actually are involved in anything, whether it's a negligent discharge of a firearm, whether it's a domestic violence, whether it's a a carjacking, it's a home invasion, whatever the case may be, the police have to come in and they have to secure the scene before EMS can come in. So EMS is going to be staged, you know, a couple of miles away, waiting for dispatch to clear them to come into the scene and to treat someone medically. Well, let's face it, if you have a dissection of a main artery, like a femoral artery or a brachial artery in, in your arm or your, in your leg with a femoral artery during a, you know, a, an incident with a gun, you can bleed out in three minutes. So are you prepared to handle that? that on-the-scene trauma care for three minutes to get you to sustain life for yourself or a loved one until EMS can get to you and get you to the hospital where you need to be, which is on the OR table being treated by a doctor. That's a very, very good point because sure a is. lot of us don't, you know, really think about that. We think about getting, you know, training, uh, training with a firearm or maybe how to train to, for a CCW, uh, maybe the laws after that or whatever. But, uh, you know, that's a really good point about, uh, you know, uh, the EMS is not going to be there for a good, you know, five to 15 minutes plus. And, uh, you know, even, you know, yes, if sir. it's a bad guy or whatever the case may be, I think you know, we all got to do what we can to sustain life. Absolutely. And, you know, this 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 uh, this training will work outside of just even, you know, uh, stuff involving guns. You know, maybe your child falls out of a tree in the backyard and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, actually fractures their femur and dissects a femoral artery. Mm-hmm. I've already had people that have actually taken our class that have gone forth and actually saved their own lives from the training we've given them over the last two years. So it has paid off for us. And, uh, you know, it's great to get out and educate folks. <clears throat> you know, you were talking earlier about training, and I, I can't overemphasize that. You know, even you were talking about the different types of ways to carry. You had three people there talking about three different types of uh, different ways to carry your firearm. If you don't train with the way you carry, you will never index that pistol and get it into the gunfight and actually come out at the end. You have to train. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're not out shooting at least every month, you're wrong if you carry a gun. You know, you, you, it's a tool, and if you don't learn how to use the tool, it, it, you're going to fail yourself when the time comes. So, uh, you know, it, that goes with medical training as well. You know, I'm going to get with Frank, and I want to come out there, and I actually want to get with San Diego gun owners out there and come out there and teach you guys a class, you know, so we're going to work that out. Uh, I'm going to get with Frank to get up with you guys out there, and uh, we're going to come out and train you folks up. So. That's awesome. Frank's the best. We're going to have a wide variety of accents in that room, I can already tell, <laughs> with you and Frank. And- <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll be able to tell them apart. We're all the same team fighting for a Second Amendment right. So is That's that right. all right? Yeah. You know, uh, you, you know, Dwayne. I just wanted to say too, all the things that you just uh, talked about, like the cat tourniquets and the hemostatic pro- uh, products and the uh, uh, the chest seal stuff like that. Really, we were actually just talking about this on the way up uh, up to the uh, studio. 
these products, technology has advanced so much just in the last, you know, five, 10 years. You know, uh, these products are available, like you can find them in Walmart these days. They're not specialized medical products anymore, um, but uh, you got to know how to use them. I mean, they're really, it's only been around for, I'd say, in common use, uh, you know, for what, five, maybe 10 years? Yeah, absolutely. You know, the military didn't even get everybody fully trained up on tactical combat casualty care, TCCC, until like 2007, guys. Everybody that put boots on ground overseas were trained up. But let me tell you guys, it changed our whole world in in the combat zone, okay, meaning that we went to a 93% save rate. That's incredible. And this wasn't being done by medics. you got to understand, medics did their part. But most of the most of the lives saved in Iraq and Afghanistan were from the guys to your left and to your right. They were they were all trained on how to react in those situations and put a tourniquet on, or to pack a wound, or to put wow. a, put a chest seal on. And then the medic got to you. You know, you think about it. If you're under fire and you got one corpsman to a platoon of Marines, that corpsman might have to work through 200 yards of open fire to get to someone. That could take time. So that that's actually what changed the whole. Out, you know, the, the, it just changed the whole game on how we were actually saving lives on the battlefield. Now we're going out, we're going to teach, we're teaching this to, to the civilian sector and because it, it needs to be taught. It needs to be learned. And, uh, I call it idiot medicine because it really is. It's really simple. Anybody can do it. Uh, and within three hours, I can train folks how to use every tool they need and be proficient in it to save a life when it comes. And it has, it's really improved things. And unfortunately, it took Afghanistan in Iraq to, to develop the technology right. that works. And I, I had a friend of mine just a couple, uh, about a year ago, say, hey, it seems like there are a lot of people missing limbs in this war. Why do you think that is? And I said, well, because in, in previous wars, they probably wouldn't have been walking around. Right. You and it's, lost and it's, because, yeah, they, it's because of these the, this type of training and product that, that's, that what a great that topic. with us. Yeah, great. What Wayne, great. thank you very much for taking time out of your Sunday. We can't wait to get you in San Diego and do some training. You know, it'll be awesome. Sounds good. Thank y'all for having me on. And, man, I love what y'all do. Keep keep educating folks and keep the 2A Army strong. I appreciate it. You got it, buddy. All right, folks, we're going to take a little break. This is FM 96.1 AM 1170. The Answer. Hi. Hey folks, welcome back. You're listening to Gun Sports Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Okay. Hey, oh my, you are going to be in heaven. Have you been to AO Sword Firearms in El Cajon? They've got the widest selection of guns in San Diego County with over 600 unique guns in stock, including hundreds of used guns if you're not interested in a new one. Go see their full service. Experience a gunsmith with an old-school lathe and mill machine shop. They can do everything from mild repairs to full custom firearms and everything in between. A.O. Sword Firearms Store, located at 929 East Main Street in the city of El Cajon. Go to their website, www.aosword.com, or you can call them at 619-749-4867. Build, buy, or repair. A.O. Sword is your go-to place for all things firearms. That's that's www.aosword.com. Again, 
Hey, are you looking for an expert class to take for your San Diego CCW? Maybe looking for an Arizona, Florida, or other multi-state CCW permit class? Then contact www.ccwusa.com. That's CCAUSA is a long-time local train, fire, and small class sizes, expert instruction to fit your schedule and your wallet. Check their California Concealed Weapons Permit page for complete details on how to apply and more information on your personalized good cause statement at www.ccwusa.com. That's ccwusa.com. Hey, who's our special guest, Mike? Well, David Chong. Well, David Chong. The well, one David and only Chong. from AO Sword. We were just bragging about what a great shop you have, David. Well, thank you very much. How are you guys doing? Doing just awesome. fine. How about you, buddy? All right. You know, uh, uh, Michael called me uh, earlier in the week and said, hey, let's, let's, let's talk about you, where you've been and what you've done and, and how you got here. And I, I, I said, okay. And then I almost called him back and, Michael, I hate talking about myself. Let's, let's talk guns. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, yeah, you're new to our format, new sponsor to the show. Your last couple segments were fantastic and you're doing such a good job. And I've had right. people, uh, you know, say, hey, yeah, you know, uh, uh, and make, make good comments. And I thought, well, let's tell, let's tell folks who you are and what you do and, and, uh, and how you got there. So I thought it was a really good idea. Plus, you're a friend of mine, and I, I find you somewhat interesting, so I figured other people might. So. <laughs> thanks, thanks. <laughs> I, uh, I, I guess I'll start at the beginning. Yeah. I actually came from an anti-gun household. Uh, my only exposure to guns uh, in my parents' house was shooting twenty twos and pellet guns on the way to uh, Eagle Scout. Other than that, it was uh, a no-go, but... I loved guns, loved the, the looks, the mechanical engineering of them, and, and the skills required. Um, I used to play with these uh, hyper-realistic uh, uh, cap guns back in the 80s when, when it was legal to have cap guns that looked cool and were made of real wood. Um, I didn't get to work with real guns until I served. I was with the 152nd TAC Recon, New Security Police. I'm kind of dating myself. Uh, we were the last unit to fly the Phantom. You guys remember that plane? Yeah, yes. F- the, uh, yeah. F4 Phantom, is that what we're talking about? Yep, yep. This was the, uh, our, our bird was the RF-4C. It had a longer nose to put an equipment and package up there to do recon. So what made you, what made you join the military? Uh, as I was... Uh, Leaving school, um, uh, Desert Shield uh, was just kicking off, uh, and then Desert Storm. Uh, I one fifty second was actually a Air National Guard unit, and uh, seemed like a, uh, a good way to uh, check the box for military service for me because I I come from a military family, just uh, not not the. But anyway, my dad was anti-gun, so I, the, the the tradition was there. My my dad uh, uh, was a corpsman. Um, my uh, uh, grandparents both served in World War II. But uh, uh, I I just wanted to check the box and and uh, do my part. But uh, then when we ended up getting deployed. Uh, because we were the last TAC recon squadron in the United States. So uh, a National Guard unit actually deployed. And security police wasn't one of what I actually wanted to be doing if I was going to go somewhere. So uh, I went to D.C. for a little while, got some 
retraining and uh, went to OSI, uh, performing counter-terror and counter-intel ops wow. around uh, South and Central Americas and around the Pacific Rim. What does that look like? What is, what is OSI and what, what exactly were you doing? Uh, yeah, I don't like to talk too much about it, but that's the Office of Special Investigation for the Air Force, uh, Region 6 and Region 7, doing... Uh, OSI is responsible for everything from the stuff that you kind of see on, like, the TV show JAG, yeah. it, that's to the Navy, all the way through force protection and uh, threat detection, and that's, that's really what we did. In, in that period of time, we were operating around the world with a lot of allied uh, 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 forces in, uh, uh, be they uh, counterinsurgency or insurgencies even, uh, uh, or, or allied powers. And uh, uh, we were having trouble with supposedly friendly units or supposedly friendly personnel coming in, infiltrating, and blowing our guys up. Mm, so we, we were responsible for finding out who that was, uh, figuring out how to counter them before it happened, do something left of bang. And uh, um, sometimes we called in direct action guys. Sometimes we were the guys. And uh, so that was really rewarding. Work. So, so in the military, did that, uh, you know, there are a lot of positions in the military where, you, you know, firearms are not in your, in your job description, but in yeah. the, when you were in the military, was, did that kick off an interest in fire? I mean, you had, you said you had a, a general Absolutely. engineer kid, but then when you were in the military, did that feed that? Was that a part of your job? Absolutely. Uh, that's really where, uh, my, uh, my love of the, the science of applied violence, uh, uh, you know, took heart, uh, took hold in my heart that I wanted to be the best I could at, at utilizing this tool and understanding it. Um, uh, for six more years after I got out, uh, I was an instructor uh, teaching uh, CQC, MOUT, uh, Unified Command for uh, ICS, and, and then counterterrorism on the Central Coast for the DHS. So you were you were uh, you were a contractor, like you were uh, a civilian teaching military, or yes, yeah, it was uh, government service. Wow. So what got you into? Because you're also one of the few in San Diego County that I know of that is a you know there's all kinds of different levels. There are armors and you know people yeah. just you know assemblers and that sort of thing. But you're a, a gunsmith. You're a no stuff gunsmith like you can you know build it from the ground up and modify it and basically if if anything that needs to be done to a firearm uh, you can do it right there in your shop how did you get that level of training uh i went to school at the sierra nevada uh high desert institute it's uh um uh right by the reno stead airport uh where they have a great air race i don't know if you've ever seen that dave um, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Reno Air Races, good oh, yeah. stuff, man. Anyway, that, that's how I learned the ins and outs of all manners of guns. Uh, some of my first exposure to, especially the old time stuff on the civilian side. Um, learned to be a machine operator on a lathe and a mill. Uh, learned coding and bluing, and uh, uh, then they send you out as just as a gunsmith's apprentice. Then you got to go learn the rest and. Um, I did that off and on for, for years while I was doing other stuff. I, uh, um, one of the reasons it's hard to talk about where I've been is I, I've done a lot of other stuff. I, uh, during that time, I, I was writing books. I was actually a big shot author for a little while for Random House and Pearson Education. Oh, wow. Um, I wrote, what kind of uh, books? Mostly, 
mostly flight simulation and reality-based uh, military titles. Have you ever heard of Microsoft Flight Simulator? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, wrote the books for the Close Combat series. These weren't like the instruction manuals. These are books you could buy besides the game to get really good at complicated games. That's um, interesting. I heard a story years ago about how... Uh, uh, the Navy uh, got a guy in their uh, uh, aviation program who uh, was a superstar, and they they pulled him aside and said, "All right, why are you, why are you so good?" And uh, he said he had spent all this time on the Microsoft uh, flight simulator. That's, that's so, it. Yep. So, <laughs> so I guess the Navy actually invested in that and said, "Wow, this thing's doing a really good job." So all right, so you you went through the military. You were a trainer. You, you started. Were you all? Were you you know you got into gunsmithing? Were you always a do-it-yourself guy? Are you kind of guy that you know can oh, fix yeah. things it, and in any anything mechanical. I built and raced my own uh, race cars. I was a, a season champion in uh, uh, senior stock. Uh, uh, sports cars, um, anything, uh, you know, it's not just mechanical any either. I, I love people. I, I love figuring out how things work, whether they're engines or hearts or, or so where'd you race? Whatever. Um, Diamond state raceway, uh, or excuse me, silver state raceway in, uh, um, what is that? Carson city, yeah. um, uh, around Southern California. Um, I, I did go-karts at, uh, um, Qualcomm for uh, a couple seasons. Really, I used to support yeah. them. All the time. I love karting. I think karting is yeah. the best. And Dave, you and I first met when I was doing a promotion for my uh, uh, San Diego Grand Challenge racing series. Do you remember that? Oh yeah! No kidding. How yeah, that- man. We had. You'll, you'll remember. Uh, I was. Uh, that was my series. Yeah. We challenged teams to buy build and yeah. race and show race cars for one grand one thousand dollars was the max they could spend on them so it was all sweat equity into those cars yeah. it was awesome it's just a great time yeah thank you for supporting us back then oh if you ever decide to kick it up again i'm here for you <laughs> right on so what so now you're in the racing world you're an author you were a trainer you're you know learning how to you know be a gunsmith what what led to opening ao sword um, uh, it's kind of a circuitous route. After I got out, uh, uh, I got to tell you, I was, uh, I was stuck for a time. I, I went from feeling like a very important person on a very important team with a very important mission to just being some dude who used to work somewhere. Um, I wasn't sure what to do next for a time. Uh, that was actually a dark period for me. But uh, coming out on the other side of it, I, I have a great empathy for servicemen and women who uh, who struggle after separation. Um, faith and, and the needs of my family brought me out of my tailspin, and I, uh, I humbled myself, and I said, you know what, I, uh, 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 it doesn't matter what I used to do. I'm, I'm willing to hang drywall if I have to mm-hmm. to, to feed my family. And um, that literally going out and saying, hey, I just, I just need a job, uh, randomly put me, or I believe not randomly, but put me in contact with folks who said, "What are you? What are you doing? Uh, you need to be working uh, in management." And uh, I, I got hired as a manager in a uh, uh, area manager in a surface mining company. Uh, worked six years doing great things and having a really good time in in that building materials industry. Yeah. But the uh, 2007 Great Recession gutted our company. It eliminated my position. So I was back in the hole. I was like, "Well, what, I don't know what to do now," but I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't having a, a 
crisis of conscience anymore and or, or struggle with identity. And so I, while I waited for the next management position to come up, I, I just started gunsmithing from you my said, home. You said, heck, let's open up a gun shop. Funny, <laughs> funny how things was, come together. It was supposed to be just a, a, you know, hey, I'll just do this to not be bored while I figure out what's next. But uh, Well, you've after, opened up a, a, a hell of a great shop. Um, it, Absolutely. It, you guys have expanded a, a couple of times just since you've been there. It's a great location, great customer service. You guys do a fantastic job. And I, I got to tell you, David, when I heard that you were uh, going to have a segment on the show, I was very excited. I, I think you're adding a, a lot too. to Gun Sports Radio, and I can't tell you how happy I am to have you as a member of San Diego County Gun Owners as a friend. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate that very much. All right, buddy. Hey, you have a good rest of your weekend and we'll talk to you next week we can't wait thank you gents take care all right let's take a quick break you're listening to fm 96.1 am 1170 the answer all right folks welcome back to listening to gun sports radio FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Hey, for those of us in California, uh, lawful AR ownership is increasingly under attack. California's assault weapon laws make it impossible to legally keep your AR rifle with all its features it was born with. What's the solution? It's Cali Key. Cali Key removes your rifle from that definition of an assault weapon by converting any mill spec direct impingement AR platform rifle into a straight pull bolt-action rifle. It's a true drop-in solution in less than a couple of minutes. You are good to go. No milling, no aesthetic modifications, and no turning off your gas systems either. Keep your entire AR collection intact at a price you can afford with Cali Key. We love those those guys. Check out Cali Key at www.calikey.com K-A-L-I-K-E-Y dot com Hey, U.S. Law Shield. Hey, at any given moment, situations of self-defense and emergencies can happen to anyone. And unfortunately, the justice system may not be on your side. While you protect your family and property, U.S. Law Shield is here to defend your 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, with the most comprehensive self-defense coverage at an affordable price. Bad guys don't take days off, and neither does our coverage. What's your plan after you defend yourself or your family? Consider a plan from U.S. Law Shield. Check them out today at www.uslawshield.com. That's www.uslawshield.com or www.lawshield.com. And are you thinking about doing an add-on to your home and you're looking for a good, honest, upfront uh, mortgage company? Well, let me tell you what. PRMI Mortgage is where you need to be. That's P-R-I-M-E-R-E-S, primerez.com, backslash alpine.com. If you're looking to buy a house or condo, refinance your existing property, or consider a reverse mortgage to stay in your home, then call our local mortgage guy that you can trust. Call Chris Wiley. He is the best at PRMI Mortgage. For nearly 25 years, Chris has been helping local San Diegans with all of their mortgage needs. Buy, refi, reverse. Call or contact Chris Wiley at 619-722-1303. That's 619-722-1303 at primerez.com backslash alpine.com All right, guess who we have on, folks? I know you've been waiting. We purposely put him at the tail end of the second hour, and that's Sam the Gunman. Sam the Gunman, you there, man? 
Yeah, how are you guys? Good, how are you? I couldn't be better. Excellent. Love it. Excellent article you, uh, you did. Excellent write-up you did on the uh, to accompany your interview a couple weeks ago on the uh, the uh, Second Amendment rally in Washington. Where can you so, find that? Go to San Diego County com slash blog. Uh-oh. And, uh, Joe's got competition. No, well, that, yeah. You're working on my retirement. Yeah, you should be. <laughs> San Diego County. Your job. No, he's training his own assassin. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did a great job, Sam. I really uh, enjoyed it, and uh, I, I think you did a really good write-up. Thanks. All right, so Sam the Gunman, every week we have him on, and we do a segment called Stump My Nephew, because Sam is uh, not just Sam the Gunman, but he's also Sam, my nephew. Lives in Virginia, works at a gun shop, is going to school, and is, what, what are you, 20 now? I guess so. 20 years old, but uh, we, we, how many, what's, your, what's your record so far? Uh, I stopped counting a long time ago. Yeah, it's like 50 and 3 or something like that, right? Better than 95%, I would say. Better than 95%. So we ask, so if you write in and ask us to ask him a question and we use your question, you get a t shirt. Um, if you stump my nephew, you get a hat along with your t shirt. Yeah, stylish. So. That's our audience. <laughs> Joanne from, I actually have a couple questions. Let's see how many we get through. Hey, 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 don't be beating up on the kid. No, we're going we, to lightning gonna, round. Yeah. We're going to rough him up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Joanne from Oceanside wrote in, uh, she wants to know, uh, what is, uh, uh, what firearm is the most widespread, most manufactured firearm uh, on the planet ever? That's a really interesting question. And the first answer a lot of people would say would be the AK-47 and variants uh, with, I believe, something like 75 million produced. But as far as I know, it's actually uh, the Mauser pattern of bolt-action rifles with more than 100 million produced on six continents and over the course of more than a century even your remington 700 that you use for whatever you use a remington 700 for hunting target shooting whatever else can opener mentally a mauser action wow i gotta tell you she said she said the answer she provided was ak-47 but it sounds like you know even more than she does sounds like you know the answer uh that she didn't so and then some and then some so i'd say not only did you get it right but you got it more than right no, the AK has not yet eclipsed the Mauser. Not yet. Working on it. All right. Excellent job. Here's I got another one for you. Uh, most successful twenty two caliber most pistol. Most successful twenty two caliber pistol. Um, that's a tricky one. I would I would be inclined to say the Ruger standard, but it might be the Browning Buckmark. You'll have to I'm going to say Ruger Standard. Ruger Standard it is. You're absolutely right. Most successful. Produced from 1949 until 1981, the Ruger Standard was the first commercially successful handgun produced by a guy named Bill Ruger. Designed for recreational shooting, it went on to become the most successful 22 pistol in history. So that's the Mark I. They're up to like... It built his company, and right now they're on the Mark IV and still going strong. Yeah. They they even have uh, uh, they even have uh, is, I think Mark IV even has a version that has the same grip as a 1911, so you so you can use it to practice. Hmm. Yep. 
can even get um, integrally suppressed ones. Well, you can't get integrally suppressed ones, but people you. in other states can. Oh, oh be nice. Even with your governor? <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, well, you may not. Hey. Come January, but I'm not old enough to get a can anyway. <laughs> All right, I got I got another one for you. This is on a roll. You, we got time for another one. Do we? Sure, have, yeah, we got sure time for another one. Okay, three is the charm. <laughs> okay, uh, the she also asks the best selling shotgun in history. The best selling shotgun in history. Okay, I'm sensing a theme here. Um, <laughs> best selling shotgun in history. Um, I think this is going to be the one that gets me. I would. I would want to say um, Winchester Model 12, Model 1200, Model 1300, that series, but it might be the Remington 870. I'm really not sure. I, I'm, I'm going to go with the, the Winchester 12 series. You're going to go with which one? Winchester uh, Model 12, Model 1200, that series. Well, you know, your uncle uses a model, a, uh, his, gran- uh. his, his grandfather. I haven't even done yet. Your uncle <laughs> uses a, uh, a 1200, a Winchester 1200, which is going to become yours because it's actually your grandfather's, my dad's. Um, but unfortunately, you were wrong. You should have gone with your other. Uh, should have went with that second. Should have gone with the second one. It's actually an Remington 870. At, you're absolutely right. Over 10 million have been produced since it was introduced in 1951. But he did wow. he did mention it. He, he did, did mention it. it. He did I mention mean, it. How he, many people would have come gotten, on? I'd give it to him. Yeah. How many at this like table knew all the answer without well, reading it? And speaking of Ruger, don't you have a Ruger 22? I surely do. Uh, 10, uh, 10 22. Nice rifle. Got my got my magazines. Got my scope. I'm good. It's another successful. Is it a scope uh, or a red dot? A uh, red dot. Oh, yeah. No. Optic. Optic. You just call it an optic. You never go wrong. Know, Great job, Sam. Still looking for a gopher. Yeah. How are sales? How are sales at the gun shop, Sam? Um, they've sort of trailed off a little bit, but we just got in like three pickup truck loads worth of stuff that we uh, we just finished putting out on the shelves. Um, I want to say about a third of it was just magazines because people are really starting to freak out about uh, yeah. what kind of laws are going to get proposed come January. Time to buy. Yeah, time to buy. Time, time to, to buy. buy. All right, buddy. Hey, thanks a million. You're always the best. Folks, that's Stump My Nephews. Sam the Gun. Love that segment. I do, too. Hey, by the way, folks, before we go, we really, really want to thank you, the listener. We really want to thank our our sponsors as well. Firearms Legal Protection. San Diego County Gun Owners. Come on, folks. $10 a month. You can do it. TDT Construction. Boy, if you're looking for construction, you need to go to TDT Construction. You want to get a CCW? Go to CCW USA. Want to be protected? U.S. Law Shield. You want to upgrade your AR and make a California legal? Cali Key. You want to do a little refi? PRMI Mortgage. Need a lawyer, especially for guns? Gatsky, Dillon, and Balance, LLP. A little bit nervous? Don't like crowds? John Groff, CCW Training, one-on-one. The Gun Range San Diego, the best gun range in San Diego. A.O. Sword Firearm Store, best gun store, best uh, uh, gunsmith. You can't ask for anything better than that. I can't thank Lance Pelkey, Michael Schwartz, Joe Dramisi, and Brendan Thomas for helping us put this show on the map. How many years we've been doing this now? 
It's been a hundred and look at it on the front there, a hundred and seventy-two shows. Two hours in a two-hour format. I'm digging this new two-hour format. I know. Next thing you know, you're going to want three. We got amazing lists. I've already, I already had, we already, I already have ideas for a third. Yeah, I had a funny feeling you did, but we'll work on it. All right, folks, we want to thank you all, and you can go to www.gunsportsradio.com, listen to all the podcasts. And anytime you have a question, go to that website, write us a little note. And don't forget, you can always try to get uh, Stump My yeah. Nephew at Stump San Diego County Gun Owners yep. dot com. Right here on FM Gun Sports Radio is sponsored by Love Radio Network.